It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Janet, Lisa, Daniel, EZ, Matthew, Chris, Jeff and Nicole, Sarah and Frank, Karen, Manuel. Thanks so much for all of your support. I could not do the program without you. Um, I saw uh, a picture over the weekend of a UPS truck and a FedEx truck, like the 18-wheelers, and they were uh, they were pulling out, they were rolling out to start delivering the vaccines, and uh, they were under federal, I think, martial armed escort. And it's kind of like, oh, I didn't even think about that, but I guess that does make sense. You probably want to protect those shipments. <laughs> didn't even dawn on me. And that's why I'm not in charge of the logistics in vaccine distribution among well among many reasons why i'm not in charge of that uh so that's uh, a positive development i believe it's good that vaccines are now uh headed out and uh, we're gonna uh, kind of you know step up the pace towards herd immunity i like the idea that the vaccines are uh are are getting out and i understand there are a lot of people that are not interested in taking the vaccines I know this because I have seen the polling. And the one thing I know is that you can always trust polling. That's one thing I have learned over the years. Always trust the polling. The Elon University poll released Thursday showed that 20% of North Carolinians surveyed would not get an FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccine, and nearly 40% were still unsure. So what does that mean? It means, what, 60% are either not going to get it or aren't sure they're going to get it. 20% say no. 40% say, nah, I'm not really sure. With North Carolina hospitals possibly days away from administering COVID-19 vaccines, a new poll illustrates the high level of vaccine skepticism across the state. Uh, 40% still unsure. 34% of the respondents believe that the vaccines might be more dangerous than the virus itself. I'm not so sure about that, but uh, I'm just looking at the science and the data and facts. Oh my, the science and data and facts. This is also an interesting component of this discussion because as the governor and his uh, Health and Human Services Secretary in North Carolina, as they... Uh, promote the vaccines and they say everybody should get the vaccines there's never any discussion about possible side effects and what does the science and data show us about that i have some uh, uh some information about that we're going to get to first you need to get over to mattress man mattressmanstores.com they've got four stores in the asheville area asheville arden Hendersonville. So you can go in and they practice all of the you know safety protocols and such. Um, so you can go in and talk to the sleep consultants and these folks undergo extensive training, like six weeks. It's actually why Chuck always tries to hire veterans because he knows that to undergo that kind of a boot camp, it's going to take, you know, the kind of grit and determination that veterans have. It's... That's the I'm just kidding. Although it is intensive training. Well, I mean, you have to learn everything about how people sleep and what mattresses are made of and uh, what's best for certain types of sleeping positions. I've noticed, too, that my sleep position has changed as I've gotten fat. I mean, older. 
<laughs> as I, uh, it's it's changed over the years. It has. And so I think uh, Christy and I were discussing this uh, the other day. We, we might be uh, in the uh, in the market now for a new mattress. And of course, we're going to go to mattress, man, just like. You know, friends of this show have gone. Uh, thank you very much. If you listen to the program, help support the businesses that support the show. Mattress Man has been here from day one. We uh, couldn't be more grateful, and we're humbled to be. I'm humbled to be an ambassador for their uh, for their business. It's a great business. So let the sleep consultants help you find the right mattress for you. Whether it's a memory foam mattress, a uh, you know traditional inner spring mattress, pocketed springs. Pillow top, natural latex, hand tufted, two sided, hotel phone. They've got adjustable bases. Go take a look at their inventory on their website, mattressmanstores.com. They ship nationwide and they have five star local delivery service and they have a 120 day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. So, uh, while nearly half of Democrats say that they would take the vaccine, only 38% of Republicans said that they would do so. This, is, I, I think this is actually largely due to remnants of the, uh, of the politicization of the virus, the, the response, and, uh, and vaccines in general. But uh, I think it's mostly politics. I really do. I think at this point it's mostly politics. I think you got a lot of people that now are skeptical of the vaccine because it's Joe Biden that's taken uh, that's going to be taking office. I think there are people on the Democratic side that are skeptical because it was Donald Trump. And we heard all of this, right? I've been talking about this for months prior to the election, before everybody knew, you know, what, what had happened when everyone was betting on who would win and who wouldn't win. And a lot of Democrats were like, I don't know if I should take the vaccine because Donald Trump, you know, you just can't trust that guy. And, uh, you know, it, it prompted these questions that went to the governor during his briefings. And Governor Cooper is like, no, 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 take the vaccine. It's OK, people. I'm going to take the vaccine. Everyone should take the vaccine. Because he knew what was happening was there was this politicizing of it because of who was in the White House. And I think that has I think that has uh, some resonance. It, it had some staying power. I think there are a lot of people now on the left that don't want to get the vaccine because of Trump. And I think now there are probably also a good number of people that don't want to get don't want to get the vaccine because of Biden. But I think actually what, what what's happening on the right more so than the left, because on the on the left, that's where a lot of the anti-vaxxers are. It's one of the dirty secrets about uh, uh, the anti-vaccination movement <clears throat> where the media ignores all of these leftists who are, you know, all in on the anti-vaxxer. Now, that's not to say there aren't right-wingers who are anti-vax as well, but a lot of them are, are on the left. They're, you know, the homeopathic, they're the, the all-natural, they're the granola chomping, uh, you know, everything is, uh, is from nature and we don't put anything like that that's not natural in our bodies and all that, right? So you got that whole mindset on the left that fuels a lot of the anti-vaccination stuff. On the right, it's a distrust of GovCo, <laughs> right? On the right, it is a lot of people that don't like government. And like, I put myself in that camp. I'm not anti-vaxxer, but uh, I will tell you that I have suspicions and mistrust of government, which by the way, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm anti-death penalty at this point. Now I've gone back and forth on this topic uh, over my life because you know, when I see some of the people that are up for the death penalty and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm OK with that guy. Like, I, I know I'm against the death penalty, but <laughs> like well, when I read about what that guy did to that poor little baby. um, No, I think I'm OK with it uh, in that case. 
But my beef with the death penalty stems from my view on government, which is I don't believe government does very many things right. So uh, I am always suspicious of government because of its monopoly on the use of force. And so uh, when they are, you know, trying people and then executing people, I have suspicions just by default. And I think there are a lot of people on the right that also have just by default suspicions of GovCo telling people, hey, inject this thing into your body. Right. Uh, Especially if we get down to the point where it's going to start being mandatory. Now, we're not there. And I'm going to have real concerns if they start trying to make this thing mandatory. But uh, at the outset, it's voluntary for uh, for citizens. Now, I'm not sure maybe if you're working in a uh, like a, a hospital, you're going to be one of the first people that gets the vaccine. And so then maybe you, you know, you have to get the vaccine if you want to keep your job. But that's kind of been the case already. I thought with a lot of these uh, a lot of healthcare facilities, you know, you have to get certain things in order to keep your job, like the flu shot, I think, was one of them. There was one about uh, remember because there have been cases, too, about. Um, like people wearing religious attire and uh, not, you know, not being able to, they're not allowed to, or that, yeah, something like that. And so they, the healthcare providers are allowed to implement certain types of policies that do go against, you know, certain freedoms. Um, and if you don't like it, leave. If you don't, if you don't want to work in those conditions, then don't work in those conditions. It's totally up to you. Uh, and go find a hospital that lets you be all, uh, you know, germy. <laughs> just kidding but so all right so you got frontline workers they're the ones that are going to get the vaccines first so uh there's an interesting poll on them too i'm going to get to that in a minute here so half of democrats say they would take the vaccine nearly half it says so i, th- I find this interesting wording by brian gordon from the USA Today Network. But Brian Gordon is the reporter here in Asheville. So uh, he he was the one who wrote the story and got picked up. uh, He and Gareth McGrath, uh, they wrote the story and it went out all over the USA Today Network. Um, And so they write this story as while nearly half of Democrats say they would take the vaccine. Notice the positivity of the framing of that part of the sentence. Nearly half say they would take the vaccine, but only... 38% of Republicans said they would do so. Oh, wow, that's, well, that's a really big spread then, right? That's half. Well, actually, it's not half. It's nearly half. So in both cases, not even half of Democrats and Republicans say they'll take it. Not even half. Now, I don't know what the Democrat number is because he doesn't tell us, but let's say it's 48%. So there's a 10 percentage point spread, let's say, at most between the Democrat and Republican respondents. Okay, but one gets the framing in a positive way and the other doesn't. Then we get men and women. Who do you think is more likely to say they'll get the vaccination, a man or a woman? Men. Men are actually more likely to say they would accept the vaccine than women, 48 to 33. See, but notice that. That's That's a larger spread there than the Democrat to Republican. Yet there's no shaming or negative framing here for the women. What's up with that? Only 33% of women say they're going to get the vaccine. So two-thirds of women say they won't get a vaccine. What's going on there, ladies? Hmm? What's up with that, you anti-science? I await the questions from the North Carolina media to noted woman and health secretary Mandy Cohen about why women are not interested in getting the vaccine. Also, 
Black respondents are much less likely to say they're going to get the vaccine, 27% compared to 43% of white respondents. That's really low, 27% of black respondents. That's very low. Now, there was a question asked of the governor at the last briefing last week about this. He did not answer the question. Uh, Because the reporter asked a two-part question, and you never ask a two-part question because the politician then picks which question to answer, especially in the press briefings that are as tightly managed as the ones that Roy Cooper holds, right, where reporters don't get access into the um, into the briefing. They unless they uh, unless the comms team opens the gate presses the button and allows the reporter to get on the phone line, ask a question, and then they immediately get put back on hold so they can't ask follow-ups unless they get approved for a follow-up by the comms team. It's all very tightly managed. It's all for transparency's sake. You know, that's the reason why they're doing it. They're doing it for you, okay? They're doing it for me, the comms team, and the governor. And they are aware of this, by the way. Um, They are aware that people are talking about the way they tightly managed access to the governor during the briefings. But they say it's for us. It's so this way, more um, geographical, representative media outlets get to ask questions. Ironically, it's always the same outlets, which I'm sure is just coincidence. Anyway... Many, according to the USA Today article, many also say, I love that one, many also say, (laughs) who is the many? Who are these many's? Many also say a similar distrust of government and healthcare exists in the state uh, Latino community. Okay? Because black Americans report greater mistrust in vaccines and the healthcare system overall, with suspicions stemming from their country's well documented history of healthcare officials misleading and underserving their communities. And so many also say there's a similar distrust among the Latinos, which, by the way, um, USA Today, what's up, bigots, racists? What's going on here? You, you said Latino. I believe the term is Latin X or Latinx, right? Um, I'm, I mean, I know 99% of Latinos hate the term and don't even identify with it. It's purely a construct of, uh, you know, left-wing academics. But um, I thought this was pretty well adopted by the AP Stylebook at this point, is it not? The Latinx? But you said Latino. Yikes, someone's getting fired. Even with testing, people are very skeptical. So I imagine the vaccine is going to be a harder sell, said Benito Garcia, a COVID community health outreach worker for Vecinos, a nonprofit advocating for farm workers in Western North Carolina. Quote, I also think it has to do with the politicization of COVID. We're still struggling with a number of people who don't believe in it. This was interesting to me, too. Um, the The politicization of COVID has prompted Latinos not to believe that COVID really exists. Well, who did that politicization? Are you saying Trump did that? Where did that come from? Are you saying that Latinos don't believe that it exists because of Trump? Well, but wait a minute. I thought Latinos were Democrats. Why would they be believing Trump on this stuff? Or are they Trumpers? Oh, my goodness. Are the Latinos Trumpers? epidemiologists there's so many questions 
So many questions. Epidemiologists estimate around 75% of the public would need to be immunized to help reach herd immunity. Now, there is no link here and there is no uh, citation offered for that one. 75% is way higher than I have seen before. Okay. Herd immunity, I have seen, kicks in around 25-30%. That's what I have seen in the research since the beginning of COVID. When people were talking about herd immunity, they were saying 25-30%. That would, uh, that would basically, you would start seeing herd immunity kick in at that point. Now, obviously, it can always go up, but your your herd immunity is based on the concept that as a virus uh, bounces from one person to the next, once it encounters, you know, that one out of every four or one out of every three people, it burns out because there isn't anybody there for it to live in, for it to jump to, right? That's the point of herd immunity. So I'm not exactly sure where this 75% number comes from because he doesn't link anywhere in the article. He doesn't tell us. He just says epidemiologists estimate this number. So I guess we'll just have to take the reporter's word for it that that's what epidemiologists say, as if they're all one big group that agrees on the herd immunity standard. Now, I do know this. Everybody can agree that U.S. military surplus is a standard that uh, we all want our military surplus to hit, right? I mean, you don't want the cheap knockoff stuff. That stuff is substandard. So go to Old Grouch's military surplus, where all he has is real military surplus. And these are great ideas for Christmas presents, for the hard to shop for uh, person in your life that seems to have everything. Do they have, for example, though, a uh, a kit? So if they go hiking and uh, God forbid they need some sort of, uh, you know, survival or outdoor kit, a medical kit, he can help. Old Grouch has these. And so you can, it'll help them build a larger kit system if they want to go full prepper, you know, to be ready. Um, they've got High-quality Swedish-made Mora knives, fire starters, canteens, compasses, and more, and they'll pack them all into an ammo can, which is pretty neat, or you can put them into a shoulder bag, which is actually a repurposed gas mask bag from the Finnish Army. The kits make uh, a good base for an emergency survival kit or a great outdoor adventure starting kit because it has all the items that you should be carrying when you go camping or hiking anyway. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. It's on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com 24-7. So, uh, Gary Bennett, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at Duke University and the director of the Duke Global Digital Health Science Center, said that the public education battle over the vaccines will be one of the biggest challenges facing health officials. Now, this is partly because there's going to be two shots for this thing. Got to get two. You got to get the first shot, and then you got to wait 21 days, and then you get the second shot. That's the Pfizer one. If you're getting the Moderna vaccine, you get the first shot, you're going to wait 28 days and get the second shot. So it's either a three-week or a four-week wait. So to make sure that patients stay on track to receive both sets of shots, North Carolina's Department of Health and Human Services Secretary, Mandy Cohen, said healthcare workers will collect some personal information from vaccine recipients. But she stresses that information is not going to be shared with other federal or state officials. Okay. This has apparently emerged as a concern among 
the growing Hispanic community, something state officials are eager to try and nip in the bud to make sure as many people in the state get the vaccine. Quote, I know there are privacy concerns and I just want to let folks know that information will not be shared beyond health care providers. I'm going to have more on that in a second. Frontline healthcare workers will be first to receive the vaccines, they say. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the frontline workers, shall we? There was a poll from Wake Med and uh, UNC and Duke. Um, I'm not really so sure that a lot of the people in the hospital system are actually going to be lining up to get the vaccine. Which, by the way, there is a logical question here. Now, I'm not trying to undermine the vaccine. You heard me at the beginning, right? I said, I'm happy that they've got a vaccine. This is great. I'm glad it's rolling out. I want it to go out. I'm I'm just, I'm not so sure I would be the first one to take it. I'm, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, I would, I, I, I want to see, I want to see what happens first, you know? And so, look, I, I appreciate that there are others that want to go do it. That's fantastic. Um, and, I I just I I'm not in I'm not in that camp right now. Now maybe I would try it if um well I don't know if. Like if it's if I'm already sick, I would try anything, you know, obviously at that point then, you know, give me the right to try. I want to, you know, try the hydroxychloroquine. I want to practice the battlefield medicine. Give me anything I need to get, right? Um but as far as the vaccine goes, I'm not so sure. And I'm not so sure. Again, this is a logical question. I'm not trying to undermine people's confidence in vaccines. All I'm saying is, are the healthcare workers the first ones we want to be vaccinating here? Because if the vaccine, if there, I mean, if there's some big problem with the vaccine and it doesn't manifest itself until like a year later and we give it all to the healthcare workers first, do you see a problem with this scenario unfolding in the future? I like, I think I've seen some movies that start like this. No, I haven't actually, but it would be a good idea for a movie. That's mine. That's my idea. That's my idea. People do not take that idea. Well, actually, you can have it. I'm a giver. You can have the idea. I'm not going to turn it into a movie. Somebody could, though. It's a good idea that you go and you vaccinate everybody in the healthcare industry first, and then like six, seven, eight months down the line, oh my gosh, the vaccine's actually killing everybody. Or if, depending on what route you want to go with the movie, it could like create like mutations or something. And now they become like zombie kind of super mutant things. Any, anyway, point is that I'm not so sure we want to vaccinate with the, you know, this brand new vaccine. Uh, I'm not so sure we want to vaccinate everybody in the healthcare industry first. Maybe go after some of the vulnerable populations first. I don't know. I like this is you're, this raises all sorts of ethical questions. And I know that even as I say these things, people can take it the wrong way because we as a society are very, very stupid and we are unequipped to explore and examine, uh, you know, ethical questions like this of real substance. That's what we're being forced to assess. And most of us are not able to do that. We, we're just not. Uh, and you see it on social media. It, it, people just revert to these, oh, you want people to die. You want people to die kind of arguments. It's just insanity. When you're talking about it, it was hydroxychloroquine was the perfect example of this, <clears throat> that people just went off the deep end just because Trump said, hey, this thing could work. And of course, all of the media ran out and said, oh, my gosh, he's trying to prescribe people medicine. He's not a doctor. And my response was always either we're practicing battlefield medicine or we're not. And you can't have it both ways. You either give people the ability to try this stuff and let doctors try these things. But no, what did we get? We got 
this knee-jerk reaction from the left and the media, but I repeat myself, and then what? They started shutting down any kinds of prescription access for the drugs. Just completely unethical, completely unethical. So, no, I don't believe we as a society are equipped ethically to deal with the questions uh, that vaccines and just the whole pandemic raises. We're not even capable of arguing over, uh, you know, do we let kids back into the schools when the risk of kids getting COVID and spreading it are very, very low and there's and then them uh, getting it and then dying from it very, very low, like point zero 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 percent. Like it's just really, really small percentage of risk. But nobody wants to talk in those terms. We just prefer to be led around by the media that is in search of the constant pandemic porn uh, headlines to get us to watch and read their fare. Wake Med poll finds employees might not actually want to get vaccinated. Wake Med, uh, yeah, Wake Med uh, has about 11,000 employees, and out of those who responded to the survey, the responses broke down as following. One-third said they will get vaccinated. So that's about the same as the other, uh, as the statewide poll that Elon University, or college, Elon University, the Elon poll that they just put out. About a third said, yeah, we'll get the vaccine. Another third said they need more information before making a decision. Okay, there. that's a fair, that's where I am. I think I'm in that one-third. Then there's a third-third, the, the other one-third, they say they're not going to get it. So one-third of all the people working at the hospital system say they're not getting it. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I'm curious, what do you know that I'd like... I'd like to know, like, well, where are these people? Where is this third? Do they all work in, I don't know, like in a certain department where they would have certain knowledge and expertise about vaccines? Like, who are these people that say no? Are they like the cleaning staff or are they like the infectious control people? <laughs> you know, like how much expertise do they have? Because I may actually want to know their opinion about why they're not getting the vaccine. Um. This is uh, Dr. David Kirk, the associate chief medical officer at Wake Med. He says he believes that uh, more information is the key to swaying more people towards getting the vaccine, both in and out of the medical field. There's been uh, there's not been, sorry, a whole lot of data and science released to the public yet. So we are very hungry for that data to be able to present that to our staff so they can make an informed decision on whether the risk or the benefits are worth it for them. Then we come to the collection of the information that uh, was referenced in the article at USA Today, that there are people who are concerned, predominantly in the Hispanic community, that, uh, oh my gosh, they're going to vaccinate me, but then they're going to take my information and give it to uh, the federales and la immigración, and then they're going to deport me. That's the concern. That's always the concern, by the way. Whenever you see that concern as it was framed by USA Today about, oh, we're worried about this information going to the federal government, they make it sound like that they're like a bunch of right-wingers and they're they're afraid of their government. No, they're afraid of getting deported because they're, they're here illegally, right? They're unauthorized immigrants in America. That's why they're concerned. It's not because they're Hispanic. It's because they're unauthorized immigrants. That's the reason. So and it's not like some, uh, you know, limited government political philosophy that's driving that concern. Now, uh, if you are uh, concerned with uh, CBD products, well, Growers Hemp wants to alleviate those concerns 
That's why they are interested in talking with you about any concern you may have, because look, they know people have a lot of questions about CBD. It's a fairly new product and people aren't really sure uh, whether it, it will be right for them. I use it. I've been taking it now for, gosh, probably about half a year, almost, yeah, about six months now. And I take a couple of drops before I go to bed and I sleep more deeply. Like when I go to sleep now, I, I, I stay asleep unless, of course, the cat like that cat now, he knows he wakes up like three minutes before 5 a.m. He wakes up before my alarm. Either like he either has like the best cerulean clock or he can he can read the, the clock now. Maybe he can tell time. Maybe he has taught himself to tell. time. Maybe he's known how to tell time all this time. I'm not sure which is uh, more concerning. Anyway, add the natural alternative growers hemp full spectrum hemp extract added to your daily routine and discover what your reasons are, like better quality of life, balanced state of mind, and a positive mental outlook. Uh, do I seem more positive since I started taking CBD? I feel like I'm a, I may go back and listen to some uh, old podcasts to see if I was more negative then before I started taking the CBD. Versus, okay, I'm not actually going to go back and listen to all the old podcasts, but you should. You totally should. Anyway, as with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer that GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Remember, you can find Growers Hemp products on the shelves at the Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby, uh, also at the Medical Pharmacy in Locust and the Durham Co-op. If you go to their website, growershemp.com, use the promo code PETE and you'll get 20% off. Growershemp.com. Growers Hemp. North Carolina farmers, they control the whole process from seed to shelf, which means better quality, lower prices at growershemp.com. It's about the hemp and not the hype. So, the Department of Defense has released the first images of a COVID-19 vaccination record card, along with vaccine kits. They did this last week. This is from CNN. Vaccination cards will be used as the simplest way to keep track of COVID-19 shots, said Dr. Kelly Moore, Associate Director of the Immunization Action Coalition, which is uh, supporting frontline workers who will administer COVID-19 vaccines. Everyone will be issued a written card that they can put in their wallet that will tell them what they had and when their next dose is due. Let's do the simple, easy things first. Everyone's going to get that. I know, I know, I just, just reading this and I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Like, papers, please, right? This is the immediate reaction that people on the right have when you hear GovCo is going to give you a card and you carry this card around with you so you can show it to people. Like, why do I need a card? Who's asking, right? But I do see the benefit, as is always the case, I do see the benefit in having said card. If you are like if you're going to work someplace and they're like, you need to go get vaccinated. Well, they may not be able to get access to your records. You can't or an employer can't make you give them your medical information. Right. But if you have the card, you can then prove that you did go and get the vaccine. Of course, I also wonder how quickly 
the uh, the fake cards are going to be drawn up and put into circulation as well, right? Of course they are. Fake IDs, right? Uh, like the, the fake documents. This this is going to be another black market enterprise that's available uh, for for people. These you know to get fake cards that show you got the vaccine when in fact you did not. Vaccination clinics will also be reporting to their state immunization registries. Uh, registries what vaccine was given so that for example an entity could run a search if it didn't know where a patient got a first dose so what did mandy cohen just say right i just read you the quote it was in the usa today story that she says we're not keeping any information we're not sharing any of this info with the federales you know we're not we're not putting this into a database or anything but it does kind of sound like there is going to be some sort of a database of sorts right to find out like if i go into hospital a and i get my shot and then it's like three weeks later and i'm oh my gosh i forgot i got to go get another shot and then i just go to this like this other hospital maybe i'm traveling or something and or i'm in the next county over and i'm like i need to get this other shot and i need to get my second dose like well where'd you get your first dose well i have this handy little card right here and it says i got my first dose at this place and then they can search find you and say oh you did get that search or you did get that shot good here's your second one and there you go now you're on your way you're vaccinated moore said this is um dr kelly moore the associate director of the immunization action coalition or as i like to call it the iac anyway moore said many places are planning to ask patients to voluntarily provide a cell phone number so they can get a text message telling them when and where their next dose is scheduled to be administered i'm actually okay with this i would I'm okay with this one. Like, honestly, I'm at the point now, I really am. I'm at the point now where I got phone calls from my pharmacy on my birthday. And all they were saying, it was a recorded message and it said, happy birthday, let us know if we can help you with anything. Really? You you called me at five in the morning or six in the morning, I forget what time it was. They Like, literally, they, they, they called at five or six a.m. a recorded message that said, let us know if we can help you with anything or answer any questions. Yeah, I got a question. Why are you calling me at six in the morning on my birthday? Come on, people. But also, you know, you give your uh, cell phone number to uh, to the restaurants. And that's how I look at this. Like, I'll give you my number. You call me when you uh, you got my table ready. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to get, look, if I'm going to get, spam called from you know the blood donation services uh, you know every other day they're going to be calling me demanding my blood every other day like i, I at this point okay my number's already in the system like I, I i give up i guess i just give up that's where i'm at on this stuff i'm i'm kind of giving up i know i know that probably shatters a lot of people's confidence and faith in me come on p what happened you used to be one of us you were standing tall but i was but then when I started up the podcast, started my own business, like Google really does give me a lot of tools that make it easier. I, I'm sorry. I just, they already know all this stuff anyway about me. I can't, I mean, I did duck, duck, go forever. <laughs> but that is just, you know, I, you just give in to the dark side. Eventually, <clears throat> eventually you cave in. And that's what they're counting on, Pete. That's what they're counting on. Now, you can count on Rowena Patton to get your house sold quickly and for more money. I can tell you that. Um, in fact, friends of ours, listeners of the show, 
they just got their house sold now. There is a crunch time. It's one of the downsides is that when you list with Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, the house does get sold very quickly. And so now you got to get ready to move. And that's what our friends are uh, now doing. They're packing up and they got to get ready to move. So they're out by uh, by the new year. And we're sad to see them go, but we're glad that if they are going, that they, uh, they first off, they they did invite us to come see them again, so that's nice. But also that they used Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. It's why I always say, when you call them, start packing. Because you literally have to start packing that quickly because she will get your house sold fast. She outsells 99% of the realtors in North Carolina. The phone number, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, 333-4483. Call Rowena and her all-star powerhouse team buying or selling. The only agent that I would call is Rowena. So call her and, of course, then, yes, start packing. So the vaccination clinics are going to report to their state immunization registries what vaccine was given so uh, they can then run searches. If, you know, you go somewhere and they're not uh, the, the place you're at isn't sure whether you got a first dose or not. OK, every dose administered will be reported to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said Claire Hannon, executive director of the Association of Immunization Managers, or as I like to call them, AIM. Um, so this is interesting. So Mandy Cohen is saying we're not reporting any of this to the feds, but we are reporting it apparently to CDC. The CDC did not immediately respond to CNN's inquiry about whether such a database would include a record of everyone immunized. As far as vaccine kits, the DOD image shows the kits include a card, a needle and syringe, alcohol wipes and a mask. Operation Warp Speed has 100 million vaccine kits ready to go, which is weird because I thought Trump was trying to kill everybody. Why are you giving them these kits then? I, I, by February, 100 million Americans could be vaccinated against coronavirus, according to the chief advisor to Operation Warp Speed. This then raises the question of side effects. And uh, CNN had a story. Uh, thank you. Uh, this was posted up in the Pete Callender group, uh, which is where listeners of the program hang out and chat about stuff. And um, I forget who posted it. I think maybe Mason. Anyway, uh, thank you for the post because then I went and read the article and then I went and did some more research. So CNN, they report that Pfizer's clinical trials have shown no severe side effects. And there's the key word, severe side effects. According to a briefing document that was released by the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee, the most common side effects were reactions at the point of injection on the body. So like, you know, bruising, you ever get a flu shot? You know, it's like bruising, it'll be stiff and sore right where that, uh, right where the shot goes in. But then also fatigue, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, and fever, which is basically, you know, me every Saturday morning after I go out Friday night. That's just generally the case. <clears throat> well, they say that these are the symptoms of uh, essentially COVID-19, like this, th th that shows that your body is, wor that it's working, or the vaccine is working with your body. So that's a good sign when you, when you have these symptoms. So there's that. Um, but you're not, in, you're not contagious or anything like that. Um, those are the most common side effects, and these are deemed to be not severe side effects, okay? 
Now, severe adverse reactions occurred in less than 4.6% of the trial participants. So four, four and a half, we'll call it, four and a half percent of the people who participated in the trial had severe adverse reactions. Uh, these were also less frequent in older adults compared to younger adults. So that's interesting that when you're older, COVID is more likely to kill you. And when you are younger, the vaccine is more likely to give you adverse effects. I just find that interesting. I don't know what it means. I just think it's interesting. So health authorities in the UK, where the vaccine rollout began earlier last week, um, they say that people with significant histories of allergic reactions should not receive the vaccine. The advice came after two healthcare workers responded adversely following their shots. It also remains unclear how safe the vaccines uh, are for other groups like pregnant women and children under the age of 16. Okay. So remember, the first wave, first people that are going to get the vaccines, they are healthcare workers. Rare events, this according to medicalexpress.com, severe side effects for both vaccines, um, for, so the, uh, the Pfizer one and the Moderna one, uh, so far have been extremely rare, they say. Only one patient who received the uh, AstraZeneca jab had a serious side effect, possibly related to the injection. This according to data in The Lancet. The patient suffered from transverse myelitis, a rare neurological condition that causes inflammation of the spinal cord, which provoked the temporary global shutdown of trials in early September. Two, uh, uh, yeah, two other serious side effects were observed, uh, although these have not been attributed to the jab, and researchers say that all three of those people recovered. Four cases of Bell's palsy, which is a facial paralysis that's usually temporary. Uh, four cases were observed among 18,000 volunteers over two months in the Pfizer trial. But the frequency of four per 18,000 is actually similar to that normally seen in the general population for that condition. So it's not really clear whether the cases were provoked by the vaccine or not. So the, it's like, well... There were four cases out of 18,000, but that's what the normal rate is. So we can't really be sure if that was the vaccine that did it. To be on the safe side, the FDA recommends caution. Um, there were eight cases of appendicitis in those who were administered the vaccine, double the amount for those who received the placebo. But the FDA put this down to a statistical coincidence unrelated to the vaccine. So those are, as far as I can tell, those are the potential side effects. The most severe ones, uh, again, according to CNN, occurring in about four and a half percent of the trial participants at this time. Uh, this then takes me to the story out of uh, eastern or sorry, western North Carolina, the eastern band of Cherokee Indians. They say they are not going to be implementing Governor Roy Cooper's executive order on the virus restrictions. Uh, the News and Observer of Raleigh reporting that the tribe's principal chief, Richard Sneed, announced that the tribe will not adopt Roy Cooper's latest order. Um Sneed wrote in a statement on Facebook that he has worked with tribal public officials to enact social distancing measures to protect tribal citizens and guests while balancing the financial position of the community. The Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians has a reported a total of 652 COVID cases, 58 of which are active, and there are currently two people hospitalized right now. Um... 
right now, by the way, right now, is a great time to go to general equipment rental. Did you know that? It is. It's a great time uh, because you've got yard work that you want to do. This is a great time to like clear out a lot of dead brush and, and um, uh, you know, overgrown shrubs and stuff like that because you've got, uh, you've got sight lines now, right? All the leaves are off the trees. You can now see everything. It's now is the time to go at that stuff with some real powerful tools. And if you want some tools without having to buy them, you just want to rent them for one project, you go to General Equipment Rental. And this is a great idea for a Christmas present. The Husqvarna Auto Mower, 10% off while supplies last. Go to General Equipment Rental. Whether you're trying to pick up a piece of Husqvarna or Honda outdoor power equipment, uh, or you need some service and repair work done, uh, or you want to... Uh, just rent a tool for a particular project. General Contractors, this has been uh, a great place for local GCs to go and get tools they need for particular jobs without having to shell out all the money to buy one that you're only going to need once or twice a year. General Equipment Rental, they're in uh, Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They're family-owned and operated for three generations. Great people. It's a great business. I can't recommend them highly enough. GeneralRents.com is the website. Go to GeneralRents.com, General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, and think outside your toolbox. So um, next up is a story about donuts. Well, it's actually a story about a company that sells donuts. It's called Vortex Donuts. And there is a fight that has been playing out on the Facebook. And thank you, hat tip here to Taylor, who found this and sent it over. I was not aware of this fight, but apparently, well, I'll just read the statement from Vortex Donuts. They had a they had a, an employee who tested positive for COVID, and the whole thing just sort of spirals from here. So here is their statement. It was posted about, oh, four days ago on Facebook. First, we want to thank everyone for sharing their thoughts on recent decisions made by our team. As many of you know, Vortex is committed to maintaining complete transparency and prioritizing the health and safety of our staff, our customers, and our community. We know that there are several versions of recent events going around that we would like to set the record straight. On the morning of Tuesday, December 1st, we received news that one of our employees tested positive for COVID-19. So that's December 1st, okay? We immediately shut down our shop and sent employees to quarantine and get tested. On Saturday, December 5th, so four days later, a second employee tested positive. The remainder of our employees tested negative, and our shop was meticulously deep cleaned while remaining shut down. We invited all the employees who tested negative back to work on Sunday, December 6th. The two employees who tested positive would remain at home to quarantine and are not able to return to work until the CDC recommended amount of time has passed and they are able to test negative. So around this time, a few employees spoke up, stating that they would not be returning to work without getting retested. We remained closed in order to allow our staff to be retested. On Wednesday, December 9th, so now we're at eight days out from the first reported positive test, right? So now it's December 9th. We reached out to our staff who felt comfortable returning to work again and invited them back to work. These employees worked closely with management about returning and were willing and ready to work. We reopened with our COVID negative staff on Thursday, December 10th. With limited staffing available, we decided to operate on an abbreviated schedule until we were able to become fully staffed again. Now, the employees who initially declined to return to work were not invited back. 
which is a nicer way of saying they were fired. (laughs) We have offered references for these staff members and truly wish them the best. We are legally not at liberty to discuss these employees and their termination any further. These allegations are incredibly difficult for us and are being taken very seriously. Now, I'm not sure what the allegation is that they're responding to here, but they say that there are all these different stories that are out there, these rumors and different versions of the story. They say they're not under any circumstances, hiding a COVID outbreak. We have attempted to be as open and honest as possible about the current situation, and uh, we pride ourselves at Vortex for our diversity and our commit. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a sentence. We have not, under any circumstances, fired anybody over LGBTQ or disability issues. Okay, so that's, I guess, part of the rumor that's out there. And uh, because the people that got fired, some of them may have been LGBTQ and or have disability issues. And so therefore, they're saying we were discriminated against. You just use this as an opportunity to fire the LGB, uh, LGBTQers and the disabled. Well, they don't actually say disabled. They, they say disability issues. So I'm not really sure what that means. But anyway, they say we pride ourselves at, at Vortex for our diversity and our commitment to community safety. It has always been a top priority to make our space safe and inclusive for all. So what, I, what do I keep telling people? You're never going to be woke enough. Never. It, it, it never happens. The majority of our staff and management are in the LGBTQ community, and their safety remains our prime concern. To say 2020 has been difficult is the understatement of the year. Vortex, which is in Asheville, has never pretended to be perfect, and we never pretended to know how to navigate all situations, especially during these unprecedented times. We stand by our decision to reopen. As our team feels, we are able to operate appropriately under CDC guidelines and provide the freshest donuts and coffee to Asheville. We are proud to offer a safe place to work for those who are willing during this pandemic. So it sounds like they're saying you had peop- they had people that were on their payroll that did not want to come back to work and were using the COVID test as a reason to not come back to work. That's what I'm getting. I'm just reading between the lines here that that's kind of what they're saying. Okay. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but that sounds like what they're saying. There are a lot of, in case you were not aware, there are a lot of collectivists in Asheville and uh, they want to unionize everywhere. They want to impose socialism and communism and collectivism in all forms all over the place. They organize out of Firestorm Collective, uh, the bookstore. And so they are swarming. They are all over social media. Here is a taste. So Vortex Donuts just fired half their staff for requesting time to be retested as they've had a COVID outbreak in the last two weeks. After the first positive case, folks were tested. But as the second case arose, individuals who had close working contact with the second person requested time for them to have a retest. And instead of grace and understanding, they were met with abuse, manipulation and threats, which led to the firing of all four people. All of these people are LGBTQ plus and some of them are disabled and high risk during the height of this pandemic right before winter because they can't say Christmas because that would be out that that would induce outrage. You can't cite Christmas anyway. um, This so this is what the uh, the critics are alleging, Okay, that they simply wanted to get retested and then they totally would have come back to work. But um, like these people who run the place, they care more about money. 
and there is a screenshot because apparently there was uh, like a group chat uh, where all of the employees and the general manager and employer, whatever, they're all in on this group chat. And you got an employee that says, perhaps everybody should get tested again before we reopen. I mean, false negatives do happen. And then the GM says, we can't afford to stay closed. We need to reopen ASAP. So then someone else says, I don't feel safe coming in. And someone else says, your money over our well-being. Cool. And then another says, I don't think we should risk reopening when there's still negative tests. So this is what the collective sees as like totally within their purview to say to the people that own the business, like, we shouldn't reopen. Well, the business owner is looking like, oh, so what? Are you going to pay all of my bills? Like, I don't know how, I don't know what their financial situation is, but they're going to be out of business if they can't generate revenue, right? And then you won't have jobs to come back to. This is the trade-off. This is the problem. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi, right? For with for withholding any kind of more relief for uh you know for people who are put out of work by the government shutdown orders you know in in order to damage Donald Trump's reelection chances uh you block any kind of COVID relief bill unless it's this gargantuan amount of money and then as soon as Joe Biden is declared the winner then it's like okay yeah we'll agree to a a smaller package now but don't you dare call that politics. Some more social media comments. To follow guidelines, you needed to give them time to get tested as exposure takes five to seven days to test positive. I understand you have a business to run, but you also need to do so safely. Staying closed a few more days and allowing the proper time for people to get accurately tested would have been much safer. I hope those you terminated are able to get unemployment if they cannot because of your actions. Then indeed, you are a crappy business, which I will never support again. I guess it doesn't matter, though, since you thrive off tourist dollars. (laughs) Again, that's what I mean. Uh, So now the people that work there, they were making money from tourists, but it's only the evil owner of the business, you see, that's evil for making the money off the tourist dollars. See how that works? You're never woke enough. That's a wrap for this episode. Hey, remember, subscribe to the podcast, give it a positive review, and maybe think about becoming a patron of the show, too. You get cool stuff and exclusive content. Links are all at thepetecalendarshow.com. Thanks again so much for listening, for the support. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.